Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Got a poker table on the stage, okay? Now, we're either thinking uh, one or two things. We're thinking, um, number one, honey, uh, I knew it. They're gambling all the money, the God's money away, okay? <laughs> or somebody is in the back right now making a whip like Jesus, and you're about to cleanse the temple, okay? All right? Uh, we're not playing poker, and, and we're not gambling with the Lord's money in Jesus' name, okay? Um, here's the deal. There's a couple things that um, I, I know about poker, okay? Number one is this. I'm terrible at this game, okay? Just awful, okay? Just, just terrible at the game of poker. Like, who, who grew up playing cards, like spades and, you know, like card games? I did not grow up playing card games, okay? So I, I'm just, I'm terrible at it, okay? Now, I'm an insanely competitive person, okay? So anything that I can't win at, okay? If I, if I can't win at it, um, I'm going to do one or two things. I'm either going to hijack the entire game, okay, or I'm going to cheat my way to the victory, okay? Just, I'm, I'm, don't play Monopoly with me, okay? I'll be the banker and I'll be funding myself, you know what I mean? Like, okay, all right, don't, don't play it with me, all right? Um, but most of the time, I'm just going to hijack the game, okay? What do I mean by that? I'm going to just make everybody mad, okay? Let's, let's just be honest, okay? Uh, talk to Pastor Matt. He has deep scars in his soul from playing poker and uh, games like that with me. But here's something I, that, I, that I know about poker, okay? I've learned this. And it's true in poker, and it's also true in life. It's called a double down, okay? It's called a double down. And what I mean by this is this. It's the moment that somebody calls somebody's bluff, right? It's a moment when, you know, somebody has, you know, some cards and, and they, know, they know they don't have anything, right? But they're, they're betting big and they're throwing their chips in and somebody goes, no, 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 I, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go bigger, right? And I'm gonna do what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna call your bluff. Because I believe what? You really don't have anything. I really don't believe that you have anything in those cards right there. And I just believe that you're faking it right now. And I just believe right now that you really don't have much. And so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out. I'm calling you out. I'm going, I want to see your cards. Okay? Now, at this point, you have a couple options. Either you're just going to fold Show your cards, or you're going to do what? You're going to double down, right? You're going to go, no, 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 no. I got something amazing, and I am all in, okay? This is me when I play poker, okay? Every hand, like the first hand of poker, I'm like, I'm all in. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's see what you all have, right? You go all in. This happens in life, Okay? right? We make a decision to start working out. How many of you have ever made a decision? You're like, I'm going to work out. I'm going to work out. I'm going to lose some weight, you know? Here's the problem with losing weight. It's a thing called food, and food is just really good, 
And I don't know if you enjoy food, but I enjoy food. I just like food. And everything that I study and research about losing weight talks about not eating food. And so <laughs> the struggle's real, guys. I'm just to be honest, all right? But we make a decision to what? We start making a decision, I'm going I'm to start working out, right? Until that moment happens after you've worked out a few times, and you're like, I want to rip my arms off. They hurt so bad, okay? Like, I just, I hurt so bad. And so in that moment, life's calling you out. The pain in your body's calling you out. Going, hey, are you going to stick with this? Are you going to stay with this? Are you going to double down and go, no, no, I'm going to push past the pain? Same thing in our life with Jesus. So I've talked about it the last couple of weeks. In 1999, who remembers 1999, okay? How many of you remember Y2K? Wasn't that just insane? My dad hid in the, we were having a big, you know, New Year's Eve party, hid in the basement. He shut off all the breakers when the ball dropped. Oh my God, it's happening. The world's ending. But back in 99, I made a decision to what? To live my life for Jesus. So when I made that decision to live for Jesus, I was, I was going, all right, I'm in, God. I'm in. And what was I really saying I was in? What I was saying was this. I'm in to be a disciple of Jesus. Now, I know that we don't use these kind of words in life, you know, like, we're not like, hey, I'm going to be your disciple, you know, you know, nobody says, hey, come work for me, be my disciple, and you'd be like, what? What are you talking about, okay? But we see in the New Testament, when people chose to follow Jesus, they chose to be what? His disciple, and so they would what? They would follow him. They're making a decision to follow with their life. And that's what I was making. I was making this big decision to follow Jesus with my life. Okay. Now I know what that meant. It meant this. It meant choosing my eternity. Okay. Eternity. This is a big word. This idea of what happens after we die, right? That there's actually something after we die. And so I was choosing my eternity and I grew up in church and I Knew there was heaven and hell, but I never really weighed the consequences much. But I was having this moment where I was really weighing the idea that, like, if I died, where would I go? Where would I spend my eternity? So I was making that decision. But I was also making the decision as to be a follower of Jesus that I was making a decision for my eternity, but I was also making a decision for what? For other people's eternity. Now, here's the problem. Being a disciple of Jesus didn't orbit around the things that I was passionate about, right? And this is always the hang-up. This is always the problem, right? Because what was I passionate at the age of 19? What was I passionate about? I was passionate about really about three things. Number one, basketball. I mean, I would have played any day, anytime, anywhere. I would have said, yeah, let's go play basketball. The other thing was I just wanted to be rich, 
like stupid rich. Anybody else wanted to be super rich when you were a kid? Who still wants to be super rich? You all are lying, okay? <laughs> Liars, okay? I, I, I wanted to be rich, okay? And I, the third thing was, I just loved girls. I was just like, girls is the greatest thing ever. Thank God God made them, right? I, I, I'm just being really honest about how I thought when I was 19, okay? This is what I thought about at 19, okay? So all of my time, all of my energy, all of my thoughts, what? Orbit around this idea of those three things, basketball, money, and girls, okay? So when I made the decision, when I made the choice, right, because that's really what it is, I was choosing Jesus. I was choosing him, choosing to serve him, choosing to follow him choosing to become more like him. I was saying, Lord, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in the game. I'm in into your kingdom. I'm going to be a disciple of you. I was choosing that. So what was I doing? I was choosing that my time, my energy, my talent, like just like I had Jason Howard up here. He's got a talent for HVAC. He's got a gift for that. So what was I doing? I was saying my time, my energy, my talent, my money would now what? Orbit around Jesus. I was really saying that it's not going to orbit around me. Okay. Now here's the deal. As I made that choice, because here's what I know about God. He won't force himself on you. Like you could stand here in worship and never worship and Jesus himself could be here, but you wouldn't know it because you choose not to engage. I'm not being, I'm not trying to be mean or harsh or or anything, but I'm telling you, he will not force himself on you. Why? He wants it to be a choice. We see this from the very beginning of time. The Lord, why is there there a tree in the garden? Why is there an apple in the garden, okay? Because God wants you to have choice. He doesn't want a bunch of robots just aimlessly following him. He wants free-willed people to make decisions and choices to go, you know what, I choose Jesus over this world. Right? So I chose that, and in choosing that, I chose what? To understand, the Bible says this, that you would understand the love of God that's too great to understand. So as I started to engage my life in orbit around Jesus, I started to taste that. I started to taste it not just on a Sunday morning. See, I started to taste it on on a Tuesday night. When nobody was there, there wasn't a worship team and there wasn't a, there wasn't great sound and there wasn't lights. And it was just, it was just me and Jesus and, and my, uh, my Sony, uh, disc man. How many of you had a Sony disc man? Okay. Right. And, and I had these, these burned worship CDs, you know what I mean? Anything worship I could get a hold on, I wanted it. And it was just me in a sanctuary singing, and I'm sure that when people came in, they were like, what, is, what cat is dying up there, okay? Who, who is singing up there? It was me. And I was falling in love with Jesus. 
I was falling in love with what? I was really getting hooked to the presence of God. Man, they're, they're, the presence of God is like a drug like no other. Presence of God, man, it'll, it'll change how you think. I'll be honest with you, I was having a really, really just kind of mentally tough, rough week this week. I got in here last night, got in the presence of God, and God just kind of sorts everything out. I was addicted to the presence of God. I loved the presence of God. I was finding his love in a way that I'd never experienced before. And here's the deal. When, when you fall in love with Jesus, you end up falling in love with what he really loves. Okay? When you're in love, look, when you're in love with somebody, right, you care about things that you normally would not care about. Right? Like, I'll be honest with you, if I was a single man, you would never catch me dead in home goods, okay? You just wouldn't, right? But I love my wife. So I love what? I love what she loves. This is how relationship works. So I'm in this relationship with Jesus, and I'm in love with Jesus, and all of a sudden he starts talking to me about what he loves, and I'm like, God, what, well, what do you love? What, what are you passionate about? And it was this one word he spoke to me about. He said, it's this word called eternity. He said, I'm passionate about eternity. What is eternity? It's the life after this life. You know, Jess was in the car the other day with our little one, Luke, and our middle one, Ben. They were asking Jess. They were like, what, what's heaven like? Isn't that a great question? What's heaven like? And, and Luke was really, really concerned about, are there dogs in heaven? Okay? I mean, like, that's a big question in his heart right now. Like, there better be dogs with Jesus someday. Okay? All right? What's heaven? It's eternity in the presence of God. If you've ever tasted the presence of God, I mean ever, to any degree, that God loves you, that he cares for you, that a moment where you just felt his goodness and his love and his mercy and his kindness, if you've ever felt that, you have just touched the tip of the iceberg. And the tip of the iceberg is better than anything I've ever experienced in this life. Heaven is just, I get to spend the rest of my eternity with Jesus. I get to spend it with him. So what is, what is eternity to the Lord? Eternity is this. Jesus came back for what? To reconcile all of us back to the Father so that we could spend eternity with Jesus. Okay, because without Jesus, we couldn't. Without Jesus, we are a bunch of sinners. Right? Without, without the grace of God. And here's what I love. Here's what I love about the grace of God. Me and Jess, we were actually talking about this the other day on the way to Columbus. We were talking about this idea that in the Old Testament, when a family brought a lamb for the sacrifice for the year, they had to bring a perfect lamb, spotless lamb. They would raise that lamb and make sure that that lamb was perfect because when they got to the place where they were going to bring the, the, the sacrifice, 
right? The priest, he wouldn't look at their life. He wouldn't examine them. He wouldn't look over them. He wouldn't talk to them about their last 12 months. He did what? He inspected the lamb. And if he found one blemish in the lamb, it was gone. Go get another one. But he never talked to them about, about them. See, the, this is why the goodness of God is so great. Because when God looks at you and, you've had, and you have a relationship with Jesus, he doesn't look at you. He looks at Jesus. He's inspecting Jesus and the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. This is why the goodness of God is so great. So this is what Jesus came back for. Okay? Now, in this process, Jesus just broke my heart and gave me compassion for what? The world. For you. For people. People that what? Didn't know him. People that didn't know him and that needed him and people that didn't know him. And those people that didn't know him, I thought to myself, if they don't know him, their eternity isn't going to be spent with him. And listen, I know that we don't like to talk about these kind of things in church. Like, I, I totally get it, okay? And I grew up in fear-based church, okay? And, and I, I decided when I started a church, I am not going to have a fear-based ministry. I'm not going to scare you into following Jesus. I'm going to show you the goodness of God, okay? But the reality is there is a thing called heaven, but there also is this thing called hell, now, here's the deal. Hell was never designed for us. God never made hell and in, in thought that we would go there. It was for Lucifer and these demonic angels that said that we want to steal God's praise. We want to steal his shine. We want to take it from him and we want it for ourselves. Now, here's the deal. God gives us a choice in this life. He's so good to us. His mercy is so kind to us. He gives us this great opportunity what? to find him, to find his grace, to find his goodness. But how, do we, how many of you know this? There's a lot of people that never do find it or choose to go, you know what? I'll choose my life and my world over that. Right? And so there's this thing called hell. Now, here's the deal. I thought to myself, this is what I thought. I thought if... I don't do something, if I don't do something, and at the time when I was like 19, I wasn't thinking about Elevate Church at the time. Honestly, I was thinking about students. I was thinking about high schoolers and junior hires, and I was thinking, if I don't do something, if I don't do something to get in their way, they're going to they're gonna go to hell. They're going to go to hell if I don't do something. And so I found this passion in Jesus, and I made this just extreme choice. And how many of you know this? Everything in the 90s was just extreme, okay? Right? Okay? Like Rage Against the Machine, right? Just, just extreme, right? Metallica, I remember being in the weight room, you know, like Sandman, yeah, you know what I mean? Just killing it. There was the, the X Games came out in the 90s. Everything in the 90s is extreme, okay? I'll, I'll give you an example. So when I gave my life to Jesus, 
they had this thing that they did every fall. Um, it was this like Christian haunted house. It was called the House of Horrors, okay? And it was like, I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like this before. It'd be like, you would go through this like haunted house and it was like acts of reality and then you would see hell and you'd see heaven. And, um, and like, I don't know what possessed them, but like I gave my life to Jesus and they're like, you're in, you're, you're part, you know? And so like, like one night um, I played, um, oh, what, what did I do? I remember one night I laid like I was in a car crash because I, I drank and I got into a car crash and I laid dead all night. Okay. Um, I, I did a bunch of different things. But I remember this one night, um, they're like, you're going to be in hell. And I was like, yeah, bring it on. Let's go. I'll be the best, best person in hell ever. You know what I mean? And they like, they like chained me up and like, you know, made me look like I was dead and stuff. And I mean, I just like screamed and yelled for hours, you know, and I mean, this went out for hours and hours and hours. We do this, you know, night after night. And, and I remember I got done one night and I had no voice and I, and I looked like, you know, I looked like fake blood and everything. And I'm driving home like this, okay? Like driving home like this, you know? Cause I'm like, I'm extreme for Jesus, right? Okay. And I mean, like I'm driving home and I get pulled over, okay? And, and, and listen, I was so exhausted. I mean, I've been screaming in hell for like hours, okay? I, I'm so exhausted. I do not even remember what I look like, okay? And the cop comes around and he goes, oh my gosh, are you okay? Are you all right? I'm like, I wanted so badly to be like, I'm dying, you know what I mean? Sorry, that was a rabbit trail. <laughs> Everything in the 90s was extreme, okay? I, I know where I'm going, okay? I know you don't always, all right? So I made this extreme choice. I was all in, right? Put all my chips in, all in to serve Jesus. And when I made that choice, I just said, Lord, I want everything to orbit around you. And it started to orbit around that word eternity. And, and so I made this decision. I made this choice. I'm going to orbit my life around eternity. And whoever I marry, that person is going to be a person that orbits around this world eternity. I, I mean, listen, I'm 19 years old making these decisions. I thought to myself, my wife's going to orbit around eternity. My children, my family someday is going to orbit around eternity. The workmaster name, I thought about this. I remember one day I, I was thinking, I thought, the workmaster name, because you got to understand that there's not a lot of shine in, in my family history of the workmaster name. The workmaster name was attached to divorce and failure and people in prison and, and, and people that could never get their life together. And I thought to myself, that's not what my name is going to associate with. My name is going to associate with the idea that the workmeister name is going to be redeemed and it's going to stand for people that help people find Jesus and his love and grace. I was making a huge choice with my life. Now, here's the deal. It's been 20 plus years since I made that decision, okay? 
And, and we've endeavored to do everything that we possibly could to live for eternity. You know, I remember there was a season and a time that for, for 10 years, 10 years, we spent um, every wedding anniversary at summer youth camp. <laughs> Everyone, for 10 straight years, we were at summer youth camp, you know? I remember one year um, at summer youth camp, Jess was, um, she was seven months pregnant with Ben at the time. We had 600 kids at youth camp from our youth ministry, which was so cool. And, and we would go to this campground and talk about air conditioning. There was zero air conditioning. And we would get into this little chapel room with 600. Listen, have you ever smelled one high schooler or one junior higher? Okay. Imagine 600 of these sweaty, smelly people, okay, that I loved. I loved all of them packed into this room with zero air conditioning, okay? And Jess is seven months pregnant on stage, just singing and leading these kids into the presence of God. I mean, we did, we had, we had seasons in our life where we did five youth services a weekend. We've quit jobs to follow Jesus and do whatever he wanted. We quit our entire life to come here and start this church. We've endeavored for 20 plus years to do what? To live for eternity. But how many know this? That life, game of poker, your relationship with Jesus, there's going to be moments where you're going to have to what? You're going to have to double down. Because at one point in time, the enemy is going to come and go, Let's see how real this relationship with Jesus is. Let's see how real this fire is. Let's see how real this thing is that you say you want to live for what? For eternity. Let's, let's see that. And, and there's going to be moments you're going to have to make a decision again. I talk about this to staff. Like, I sit them down usually once a year. They know it, like every year, like going into the new year, they know this like conversation's coming, this awkward conversation, but I'm gonna have it every year. We're gonna sit down and go, are you all in? Are you with us still? Or are you dead weight and we're dragging you? Because we're not gonna drag dead weight. Amen? And we have these heart check moments. So go with me to Matthew 25, okay? Matthew 25. Are you all hot or is it just me? Just me? Okay, great. Wonderful. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Do it for Jesus. <laughs> Verse 14. Jesus said again, the kingdom of heaven will be illustrated by a story of a man that went away on a long trip. Jesus is talking about himself. He's saying, listen, I came, I went away, right? And he said, I'm, I'm gone back to the father. He says this, he called his servants together and entrusted his money with them while he was gone. Verse 15, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last one, dividing it up into portions based on what? Their ability. Their ability. Okay? Listen, God's not a socialist. Okay? God's not a socialist. God's not a socialist. Amen? Okay? He's not. 
Now, here's the deal. He gives everybody equal, different opportunities, but you see it right here. You see it right here in the Word. Different abilities, different portions, okay? And it's not always about the portion you have or the ability you have. It's really about what you do with it in life, right? What you do with the talent that God gives you, the portion that God gives you in this life. And it says this, then he left on his trip. Verse 16, the servant who received five bags of silver invested and uh, invested the money and earned what? Five more. Verse 17, the servant who had two bags of silver worked uh, and he did what? He earned two more. Verse 18, but the servant who received one bag of silver, he dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Verse 19, after a long time, the master returned from his trip and called together all of his servants to do what? To give an account of how they had used his money. So when we see this, okay, this is the parable of talents. How do, how do we receive this? It means this, that someday we'll give an account for what? Our time, our talent, and our treasure. We're going to give an account to the Lord. Okay? Now, here's the deal. If you believe in Jesus, this isn't an account of heaven or hell. I want us to get this really clear. Okay? This isn't about heaven and hell. Jesus, is, look, Jesus paid for your eternity. Okay? Your heaven and hell is not based on how good of a person you are. Okay? Your heaven and hell is based on Jesus and Jesus alone. Okay? But this is in a different account. This is an account of what did you use with your time, your talent, and your treasure for what? For this word called what? Eternity. What'd you do with it? Verse 20. The servant who had been entrusted with five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I earned you five more. Verse 21. The master was full of praise, and he says this great line. Well done, my good and faithful servant. This is what I live for. This is what my whole world, you know, orbits around, is this idea that someday I will see Jesus, and when I see Jesus, he will say, well done, Jeff, my good and faithful servant. Okay? And I love this word faithful because it implies this, that I've been faithful, what? Over a long period of time. Faithfulness doesn't look like a little sprint. Faithfulness isn't eight months. Faith, I remember one time, Pastor Beth, she, took, she, talk, she was talking to me about being faithful and I was telling her about how faithful I had been over the last, you know, like two years. And she said to me, she looked at me and she said, be faithful for 20 years, Jeff. Be faithful for 20 years. This is what faithfulness looks like. He said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling a small amount. Now you will be given more responsibilities. Let us celebrate together. Oh, I love Jesus. He loves partying, okay? I love, I mean, he, listen, Jesus is pro-party, okay? You're going to have a great party in heaven, okay? I'm going to have a great time with him, right? He said, come on in, my faithful servant. Verse 22, the servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver. I invested and earned you two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful handling small amounts. Been faithful. 
God's going, I trusted you with talent. I trusted you with resources. I trusted you with time. I trusted you with that. You are faithful with these things. And he says this, now I'll give you more responsibilities. What are the more, what, wait, 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 wait. What are the more responsibilities? He's talking about eternity because there is a life after this life, okay? There, there's a life after this life and there are rewards in the life after this life, okay? So he goes, hey, in this life, I'm gonna give you more. I'm gonna give you more responsibilities. He said, let's celebrate. Come in, let's celebrate. Did a great job. Come on, let's celebrate together. Okay, verse 24. The servant who had one bag of silver came to the master and said, I knew that you were a harsh man. Isn't this interesting? This is like the view of the world, that God is harsh. No, God is good. He gave his son. He gave Jesus. But the world thinks because I have to choose to serve Jesus or not, that God is harsh. Right? Oh, man, I know this is good preaching, Pastor Jeff. Oh, amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise myself this morning, okay? He said, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops where you did not gather crops and did not cultivate. What is he really saying? He's saying this. I wanted to live for me. I wanted to do me. I wanted to live for me. I wanted my world to orbit around me. I didn't want to orbit around your world. I wanted to orbit around my world. I really, he's saying this, I really didn't believe that you were going to come back. Oh, isn't that an interesting perspective? I, I know we've heard it, and some of us haven't heard it. Jesus is coming back. I promise you he's coming back. I promise you he's coming back. Either you're going to die and you're going to see him face to face or he's going to come back. And I promise you, even the ones that don't want to, every knee will bow and declare that Jesus is Lord. I promise you. But th this servant basically said, I really didn't believe you were coming back. He's saying this. I really didn't believe that my life mattered to the world. This is word purpose. See, you have, a, you have a gift. You have a gift. You have gifts, you have talent, you have time. Listen, if Jason Howard, I, I know I'm talking a lot about Jason Howard today. If Jay, listen, if Jason Howard didn't take his time, his energy and his talent to come fix the air conditioner, there'd be no air conditioning this week in the, in the dreamer's room. Don't tell me that Jason isn't making an impact. Amen? Your life matters. See, you have a gift. You have gifts for the body, for this church. I don't know what your gift is. Maybe you're the best coffee person on the earth. Praise God, okay? Maybe you're, listen, maybe you're super good at smiling and shaking somebody's hand and you think that that doesn't matter. Do you know how much that matters to people when they come into our church? They tell me about it all the time. They tell me about how friendly you are and how you smile at them and how welcoming you are to the place where they're like, get away, okay? Right? It matters. What is he really saying? I really didn't believe that I would ever have to give an answer for my life. That's what he's really saying. Verse 26, but the master replied, 
And this is not what I want to hear when I see Jesus someday. I do not want to hear this. You wicked, lazy servant. If you knew that I harvested crops where I did not gather them and did not cultivate, this is a great question. Why didn't you deposit the money in the bank? At least you could have gotten some interest on it. God's going, you knew better. See, even the people that stand before the Lord someday and go, I didn't know any better. He's going, no, 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 no. I, I made myself real clear. You know what I love about the story of Abraham? It says this. That nobody, nobody preached to Abraham. He just looked at the earth and thought, there has to be a creator. And as he thought there has to be a creator, he, what? he found the creator. Okay? So God's going, there, there's no excuse. Verse 28, then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one who has 10 bags of silver. Verse 21, to those who use what is given, more will be given and have an abundance. But for those who do nothing with it, what little of it will be taken away. Verse 30, now throw this useless servant into utter darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay. Three quick points that I want, I want you to see today out of this. Okay. Number one is this. It's eternity. 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 Does your world orbit around eternity? Ray, you can come on up. That's a big question. Okay. That, that's a question that you have to ask yourself. Because here's the deal. There's a difference between I like Jesus and I want a relationship with Jesus versus I want my world to orbit around Jesus. I want my thoughts to orbit around eternity. I want my passion to orbit around eternity. I want my future to orbit around eternity. And I want my future to be wrapped up in this idea of where I'm going to spend eternity really matters and where my friends and my family, where they spend eternity really, really, really matters. Like it really matters. Now, here's the deal. I hate to tell you this, that when you get to the end of your life, because this is what Jesus really cares about. He's talking about the end. You want to know what Jesus cares about? He's talking about it in this passage. He's going, what I care about is the end. Okay, when you stand before Jesus, when your family stands before Jesus, when somebody in this world that you've never met stands before Jesus, he goes, this is what really matters. Okay, and I hate to tell you this. What's not going to really matter as much is things like this, your political views. Like Jesus isn't going to go, hey, tell me about your political views. Explain, explain to me your political views. He's not going to say, hey, um, tell me what happened in the new season of the Kardashians, you know? Um, tell me about, you know, that new trend on TikTok. And listen, I know I'm like, I feel really old when I say all these kind of things, but here's the deal. Jesus isn't going to talk to you about those things. Jesus is going to talk to you about, hey, what did you do with your time, your talent, and your treasure as it relates to eternity? Because here's the deal. I can't bring any of this. I can't bring my car. I can't bring my house. I can't bring my, my Jordans in my closet at home. I can't bring any of this stuff. But you know what I can bring? I can bring you. I can bring you. I can bring my neighbor. I got a neighbor right now. I'm, I'm just every day, every day, I'm, I'm out of my way friendly to him. I'm like waving to him, 
saying hi to him, trying to go over and talk to him. Why? He's a Muslim. He needs Jesus. His children need Jesus. Right? 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 Are there people on your street that need Jesus? Are there people at your job that need Jesus? Who's around you that needs Jesus? And in in eternity, the Lord's going, you're going to give an account. You're going to give an account. Were you all in? Were you all in on eternity? Look, I'm not, trust me, please hear my heart. Please hear my heart. I'm not trying to beat you up today at all. I'm really not. Because here's the deal. If you love Jesus, if you love Jesus, it's just the natural response. The second thing I want you to see is this. Your perspective on eternity will make every decision you will ever make in your life. I'll say it again. Your perspective on eternity will determine every choice and decision you make in this life. Let me give you an example. See, the world goes, there's no God, right? There's no God. So if there's no God, then life is all about what? It's about me. If there's no God, if, if Jesus isn't real, okay, right? If, if Jesus really isn't real, then life is really all about what? It's all about me. It's all about what makes me feel good, right? So then my perspective is solely on me. People that don't know Jesus, that's their world. Their perspective is about them and their world and their family and their life and their money and their time and their energy. It's all about me. If Jesus isn't real, then I understand when people go, well, my whole world revolves around my sexual orientation. I understand when people go, my whole world revolves around my happiness. My whole world revolves around, you know, what pleases me and what brings me pleasure. My whole world revolves around this. My whole world revolves around, why, why is there a moral code? If Jesus isn't, isn't real, if there is no God, then where, what, what, what is morality? There is no morality. Morality is whatever I feel. It's whatever my truth is. Whatever is going on in my heart. If there's no God. But Jesus is telling us, no, 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 no. There is a God. And you're going to have to choose. You're going to have to choose. Am I in? Am I in? Because what you do, because here's the deal. If you believe, if you believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus. And if you're with me, and I hope you are with me, if you believe in Jesus and you believe in eternity and you believe there is a God and you believe that there is something after this life called heaven and hell, if you really believe this, then what you do with your life has life or death ramifications on if other people find Jesus or not. 
So then, so then when people say to me and go, I'm just too busy to serve Pastor Jeff, or you're not saying it to Pastor Jeff, you're saying it to Drew, you're saying it to Ryan, you're going, I'm too busy to serve, you're saying, I really don't believe there's eternity. My whole world revolves around me and what I feel and what I think and what I want. Oh gosh, and listen, I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm just telling you, you're gonna answer for it someday. You're gonna answer for it. God's gonna go, what'd you do with your time? What'd you do with your finances? How did you impact my kingdom? See, you think when you're bringing your finances to this house that it is impacting this house. Like, listen, you gotta understand, when you give, that gave the opportunity for that student last Sunday night to find Jesus. His whole eternity's changed. Everything's changed. When you give, you don't even understand that there's a little girl in Cambodia right now. And if she doesn't get saved, if we don't rescue that girl, she's gonna be sold into sex slavery for the rest of her life. See, what we do with our time, what we do with our talent, what we do with our finances have ramifications on people's eternity. Listen, I, I don't know if you're a fan of this or not. I, I, love, I love the Spider-Man movies. I know you're like, wait, wait, we're just talking about eternity or something. I love the Spider-Man movies. And I love that there's this place, Uncle Ben would always say this to Peter Parker. He would say what? He would say this, with great power comes what? Great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. Jesus is going, I gave you the greatest gift ever. Undeserved, unmerited grace. And I gave it to you. So what is the Lord saying? I gave you a responsibility to take that grace and give it to the world. Give it to the world. Show people the kindness of the Lord. Show people his goodness. Show them how much he loves them. It means this, I live my life with purpose. I have a purpose. I got a purpose. Listen, 99% of you are not called to do what I'm called to do. And I'm not called to do what you're called to do. Amen? Like, I'm, I'm super thankful for that. Right? But just because you're not called to do this to be a pastor doesn't mean you're not called to an area of our church to help. Man, all of you have gifts. All of you have talents. And you know what makes a church really strong and powerful? Is when a church believes in eternity when a church goes, I burn for Jesus, not for me. When a church says, I'm gonna bring my talent, my gift, my time, my energy. I'm gonna bring my finances and I'm gonna hook up with Pastor Jeff. I'm gonna hook up with Elevate Church and we're gonna go change the world. That's powerful. It's powerful when you use your gift for eternity. The last point is this. Okay, the double down. Because here's the deal. 
for some of us, we're new to Jesus. And I want you to know if you're online, if you're here, if you're new to the Lord, I'm so excited about you. I'm so excited about your relationship with him. I'm so excited that you're growing. I'm so excited that you're not perfect. Neither am I. I'm so excited that God has a great plan and that you're here. I want you to know that I'm so excited that you're here. So for, for sometimes when you're new, it's easier to go all in because you go, you go, oh, it's just so real, it's so fresh, it's so new, it feels real good. We all love new and fresh, right? Like we're all searching for something that's new, like that new song, that new, you know, restaurant, that new moment. So that, that's easier sometimes. But then for a bunch of us, we have served Jesus for a long time. And there's this thing where, you know, like you got to double down and you got to make a decision again. You got to choose again. What am I living for? Because here's the deal. I'm going to ask you a question. Are we living just to have church? Like, are we just here to have church? Are we just here to just gather each week? What are we living for? Why are we alive? Why are you alive? I know why I'm alive. I'm alive to love Jesus and to love what he loves. I'm gonna say it again. I'm alive to love Jesus and to love what he loves. And he loves people. He loves people. Amen? Why don't you stand up with me this morning? 